everyone to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. All right, we are here. It is the Disco Posse podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, super excited because we've had a little bit of break. We had a ton of stuff going on. Uh, I was on the road. We really kind of looked at, at some of the, the stuff that was happening in, in the tech world. And it, it really brought me back over the course of talking some phenomenal folks in technology and in, in the business world. As, we, as I was at VMworld, I was down in San Francisco. Uh, I was lucky enough to kind of take a step back from it all and say, hey, you know, what are the things that we can really focus back in on uh, so that these technology stories actually matter. Uh, and again, I, I talked to more and more people who were listeners of the podcast and they actually said the stories that they dug the most were actually the ones that were non-technical. And, and I'm, I'm super pleased about that. Uh, but nowhere near as happy as I am to welcome my guest today. Uh, it is a, a special friend, somebody who I'm, I'm lucky enough to actually work with on a regular basis uh, at my role. And, uh, and I'd like to welcome, uh, I'll say Jacob DeLuise. Jake, Jacob, however you want to introduce yourself, tell us where we can find you online. Uh, tell us what you do, and then uh, let's get rolling. We're going to talk about some pretty, pretty crazy cool stuff about motivation. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Eric. I've uh, been looking forward to this. Really excited about the chat today. Uh, just a brief overview and introduction. So I, I think the first two things I would say about myself is I'm a, I'm a loving father and I'm excited to be a husband to a fantastic wife. Uh, I live currently in Boston, Mass, originally from Southern Rhode Island. Um, and right now I, I work in software sales, have been in the, in, uh, working with you guys at, at Turbonomic now for about five years. And, uh, it's really, it's really been a great venture. I started off in, uh, sales, business development, and I've worked more into like an enablement and productivity role, thinking about kind of the processes, systems, and how we're training and developing our reps. So really excited about the conversation today. Yeah. And it, it's. There's an interesting thing in, in watching your evolution and in, in how you kind of like evolved your role and, and just it, at work, what I find is almost invariably the things we do at work map to things that we do in our life. And so watching how I've approached things differently over the course of time uh, and, and really taking context and adding that to the decisions that we make and motivation is one of the most important things in what you and, and I and a lot of folks have to do for our peers in the field, you know, especially as you're thinking like, hey, this is, we're, gonna, we're teaching people how to do things. You can't just teach them like by rote because we know that just doesn't work out, uh, especially when you're like me and I have the most terabad rote memory. Like I, it's just, it's horrifying, uh, you know, but well, I've built all these compensating things in order to make up for that. And so I've learned to motivate other people in the ways that I've been able to motivate myself. And you and I talked, uh, I think it was last year, uh, we, we had a really, really good, long, deep conversation about stuff. And it was, it was really eye-opening. And 
I know that you're super good at motivating other people. And I think that that kind of came from how you motivate yourself and motivation. I'm going to stop talking in a second. This is, people are tired already. If motivation in the most important way doesn't come from motivating yourself through good times, it is about how you effectively bring yourself through the most difficult moments. And I want to start there. You know, let's talk about a bad day that actually led to a bad period and kind of how you, you worked through that. And, and we'll start there. Absolutely. And uh, probably a good way to start thinking about this. So um, I'm a big fan of Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. If, um, yeah, not the sports uh, caster. <laughs> every, <laughs> time I, <laughs> every, try, every time I try to start a conversation about Jim Rohn or I bring him up, they say, oh, yeah, I've seen that sports show. And I'm like, uh, not, not quite. It's, <laughs> so Jim Rohn, uh, really like a legendary uh, personal development and motivational speaker. Uh, he has a saying, he says, there's a day that turns your life around. And he has a very specific day himself um, and he can describe it. I won't go into detail, but really I, um, you know, in, in thinking about my history and kind of what's happened with me, I could really pinpoint that to uh, myself, right? And I remember coming to a place where I said to myself, you know what, I'm not going to live like this any longer. And it was actually back uh, in about 2011. So some time ago, right? And uh, I was about 21, 22 years old at the time. I just turned 30. So uh, yeah, about uh, 21. And um, I had hit uh, rock bottom uh, health-wise. So I'll describe kind of how I got there. Uh, all throughout my childhood, I had um, what would be described as stomach trouble, right? I would have an upset stomach, uh, you know, pretty frequently, stomach pain, other things like that. Um, and it would kind of come and go, wasn't, wasn't uh, anything that was ever really looked into at, in any depth. We did some testing, some pretty in-depth testing, actually, in middle school, a little bit in high school, couldn't find anything. But then uh, of all things, I, I used to get these real bad chronic sinus infections and I went to the doctor um, for the sinus infections and I went twice in probably the matter of three months or so. This was a long time ago, I don't remember all the specifics, but uh, he gave me something for my sinus infection and then he looked at my chart and he said, you know what, does the bottom right side of your stomach still hurt? Um, and I said, and I, he kind of poked on it and said, oh, you know, I jumped in my seat. Uh, yeah, that's actually really, it does hurt. And I, I played volleyball at the time. So I was diving all over hardwood floors. And I thought, you know, is, is this just the pain from, do I have a big bruise, right? Um, they did some testing. It came out that I actually have Crohn's disease. So um, for anyone that doesn't know, that's a disease that um, typically impacts the intestinal systems, can create uh, like ulcers, inflammation, um, so pain and, and um, other, other symptoms along the like. Um, and a lot of people have a really uh, tough time with Crohn's disease. And uh, I actually did as well. So throughout my undergraduate years, I was living what I would say is a pretty typical college life style where I was eating, drinking, anything that I wanted, wasn't really paying attention to rest or to my stress levels. It was just, you know, trying to live a, a, a quote unquote normal kind of uh, life, right? And I also had a lot of responsibilities. I, um, 
uh, had a great girlfriend that I know uh, and lucky to have as a wife. Um, I uh, was a resident assistant. I played volleyball. So my schedule was very full, right? And I would have these long, long days, wasn't really managing my stress very well, nor my diet, my uh, hydration, et cetera. And uh, this all kind of culminated right when I graduated from school, I started a program called Teach for America. And I went through a really intense training program and then uh, started teaching in Dorchester, Mass, uh, public schools, middle school science, Go Tech Boston. And uh, I had this really bad episode one night where, um, actually there's two different periods of this. I just had this immense pain. I've never had pain like this in my entire life. Went to the hospital and we found, they found um, that there was a uh, large, uh, basically my, my uh, small intestine had, due to, due to my lifestyle, due to my diet, et cetera, had worn down to the point where I actually had a large um, infection in my stomach. And so I was, yeah, it was uh, pretty heavy times. And the first, the first go around, I remember I called my uh, mom, I was, you know, 21 at the time. And, and I said, oh, I described the situation to her. She came up right away in the middle of the night. And um, the surgeon had said, you know what, you're gonna go in for surgery at 7 a.m. tomorrow. And it was a very major surgery that would have probably been life altering. Um, and my mom said, you know what, we got to get a second opinion. So we went for a second opinion at the hospital, which is regarded as one of the best hospitals in America, by the way, right, right in Boston. Um, and we saw a different, uh, different surgeon and they said, you know what, this kid's 21 years old, otherwise healthy college athlete, he can rebound from this. Why don't we try a different treatment course? So instead of uh, a major life altering surgery, actually, ended up getting intravenous steroids, or not steroids, um, antibiotics, which were itself very, um, I don't know if anyone you know has been on that or anything like that. Those are uh, very intense. And I was on different series of those. And long, long story short is it was a tremendously difficult period of my period of my life. I actually had to take a leap of absence. I was uh, in the hospital for about nine or 10 days straight. And there were some really dark days because I would have these, uh, we would make progress, but then I would have some setbacks along the way, right? And it seemed like um, I was kind of regressing more towards surgery and I was in and out. I lost something like 30, 40 pounds and really I lost like all my strength too. I got down to, um, you know, just really uh, in a place, in a bad place, right? And I went home uh, and I uh, was just on, my mom was basically nursing me back to health. My parents were. And I remember there was this time where I got almost like a little bit angry, right? Or, or not angry, but just very um, certain. And I started doing an immense amount of research because I was laying, I, I couldn't even walk to the mailbox 50 yards away, right? That's how weak and how and it's hard to give context to that too. Like people, when they hear this, they think like, oh yeah, You're like, no, it's, you know, Crohn's disease versus like even IBS, there's different stages of different like intestinal uh, like diseases and, and chronic issues. Crohn's is, is debilitating. And like you said, when you're at the point where you're, you, you just start to think, take, literally take it out. Like that's what you start to say. So like, right. if that right. will end it, 
then like, but like you said, that, that literally means you're probably going to be like colostomy bag. Like this is a fundamental change in the rest of your life. And, but you start to consider it. That's how bad the pain is. And people don't get that like chronic, chronic pain can change the way you think. And you, you, yeah, here you are, right? You are faced with a choice and you said, okay, enough is enough. And you were, you chose to motivate yourself to say, all right, I'm taking charge of my destiny in a way, right? Right. Absolutely. No. And that scared, that scared the life out of me, right? Or that, that scared the uh, heck out of me was thinking about making that uh, change with the surgery and with the colostomy bag. And I just thought to myself, it, it, I, I saw that as um, it, just non-negotiable. I did, didn't want to do it, but I was in immense amounts of pain and it was, I was getting to a point where I might be, you know, my, my health might be seriously at risk if I didn't consider it. So, um, but I said to myself, I did all this research and I just started pouring and it was just like hours and hours and hours and hours of research. And I remember, so going back to that idea of Jim Rohn saying, there's a day that turns your life around. I remember very clearly thinking, I am not going to live my life like this. Right. And, um, what I started down a path of, that was really like the first day of starting down a path of thinking about and totally revamping my mindset towards diet, towards hydration, towards um, monitoring, monitoring and reducing and managing my stress levels. That's a huge one that I think um, like people are really coming around to a lot and I'm seeing a lot of great things on it. Um, and just overall, past that, like continuing to grow and to develop and to help other people. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was really the day, right? I, I said, I'm not going to live like this anymore. And I made drastic changes to the way that I was living my, my life. Uh, I went gluten-free, dairy-free, cut out alcohol, um, and then really started to focus on things that were, uh, and, and actually I, one thing to think about is just like letting your body Giving, providing your body with the right fuels and nutrients allows it to heal itself, which is really kind of what I think I did. Um, maybe knowing it, maybe not knowing it, but I was doing these green smoothies twice a day, morning and night, and just giving my body what it actually needed to heal itself. And then thankfully, um, I've been, I've been uh, very uh, much in a good place and symptom-free for, for a number of years now. Well, congratulations on that. It's earned and deserved, really. Uh, and, you know, I got to lay down the waiver, right? Like the stuff we're going to talk about here is not like we're talking to two, two jokers that work in a software company that we're right. going to talk about what we do for diet. Uh, this is not medical advice. So, you know, however, you know, talk to your physician, talk to more than one physician, most importantly for folks that <clears throat> when you do bump into this, these type of issues, Talk to, you know, maybe a naturopath, uh, talk to mm. kinesiologists, talk to somebody that's not in the, uh, you know, going, cutting into your body and doing things to it business. Uh, you want people that are, their whole goal is to make that the last resort. Not that it's like, not that doctors are bad in what they're doing, but they may only have one single course of action that they know will work. And if we as humans we, we make decisions like that every day. You're like, look, I know this is the, this is the long way to work, but I know I don't have to turn left because I can go this way. 
And so while it's not the optimal decision, it's optimal for me. And if you're a doctor, that optimal decision is, well, I can take six months trying to attack this problem where I'm in unfamiliar territory, or I can go in and I can, you know, bisect the lower intestine and take nine inches of it out. And I know that'll work because I've done it 11 times successfully. And right. it's not that that wasn't successful, but the, the quality of the experience for the patient or for, for you know, afterwards is, is fundamentally different. And so this is tough, like I said, because I, I have gone through, you know, you know, my wife has severe food allergies and yeah. we talked about that. And that ultimately led to me making this, a decision to f- completely modify my diet to be her diet. Mm-hmm. Right? And as a result of that, I started to feel really good. And people are like, that's weird. Right. You know, like the, at first, and when, with the more and more you share the story and I share your story with people, mm-hmm. I say like, well, you know, we travel. When I go to conferences, when I travel abroad, I use the Whole Foods map as my, my destination choice, right? So where's the hotel that's close to a Whole Foods? Mm-hmm. And I know what I can get there because I've got that consistency. And I use whole fruits, whole vegetables, meat, Oh boy, you know, but very, very simple, fundamental diet. And as a result, yeah, gluten-free, dairy-free, uh, nut-free, all, I limit the amount of oils that I had to very specific oils. Mm. And when you tell people that, they start to look at you, they get tired, like listening to like, man, that must be really difficult. And then once you go through what you do and you look and I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm 12% body fat on a good day, 15 on a bad. <laughs> they they start to go like, you probably have a really healthy lifestyle. And I went through a, a similar, not a scare. I was lucky that like my early on when my, before I met my wife, actually, I, I, I used to go into the drugstore and you know, there's those like the blood pressure cuffs and you can like take your blood pressure in the CVS yeah. or whatever. So shoppers drug mart is the Canadian version of, of CVS. <laughs> and I, I would go into these things cause I was a cyclist and I love doing distance cycling. And the whole joke about that is like, you try and race to the lowest possible heart rate. Cause that means you're very efficient. And yeah. so I, I had like a resting heart rate in the low forties. And so I would go and like, just my, I wanted my rest, my walking heart rate to be below 50. Like, that's my goal. So every time I would be walking around, I'm like, hey, look, there's a shopper's drug mart. And I would go in and I would check my blood pressure or I'd check my heart rate on the blood pressure machine. And when I saw it, yeah. you'd look and I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's like 140 over 95, heart rate is 51. And so I suddenly realized, I'm like, oh, if I start to look at those other numbers, it doesn't, doesn't really look that good. And so I ended up going to my, my, my GP, my general physician or practitioner or whatever. And I said, Hey, Kay, so there's a weird thing I've noticed. It doesn't yeah. seem to affect me, but can you, you know, do you mind checking? And they, they did. I went through, you know, blood work, whatever. And they said, yeah, I had, I had hypertension, mild hypertension. I was like, just on the cusp, that? but like, so I was lucky in, in my discovery of my, of that challenge, I, did a big change to my, my diet and my exercise routine and that helped. But then when I mapped my diet to my wife's very simplified core diet, it was like going from being a really, you know, I use athletics as the example. It was like being a really good, you know, rep soccer player to being a world cup soccer player. Mm -hmm. Like that was the difference in, in the way my body felt. 
I had energy and it was different. So you know, you're, you're now on a modified diet. You've, you've come through this thing. What did you, did you feel it immediately? Did you get any regressions? Like what, how did you know that it was working? Yeah. Good. Um, good question. So, uh, I think a lot of life is just taking small concentrated steps daily. Right. And, um, I think you can, somebody said it well, I think it was maybe Tony Robbins. You overestimate what you can get done in a day, but underestimate what you can get done in a year. Um, so it was a lot of just small steps. Right. And it started with like kind of a change in mindset. Um, in order to reach a far out goal of not living this way and being and being much healthier and just feeling good, right? And so I started to take those steps, and then all of a sudden, the pain um, in my the pain that I was experiencing started to diminish, and I could see noticeable improvements just in my in my body and in um, like the inflammation in the areas that I had um uh diminished and then i saw my weight increase and i saw my energy levels increase and i think one of the big things that goes into switching from kind of um like standard american diet which is what i would say i was i was on prior to what i'm doing now is uh an increase in mental clarity as well i felt like um i had much better grasp grasp of my attention, much better grasp of my memory and just overall much clearer and uh, like focus on a day-to-day -day basis. So those were some of the, the major pieces, the, the, the clarity and the mental um, aspect. Do you, do you feel that same way as, as you've transitioned or? Yeah, hundred percent. It's, uh, it was, it's weird because what I used to find and what, what taught me this was my best moments of clarity come when I was cycling and I like in hour three, you're now, you're, you're empty. And so when I'm right. on empty and I'm eating on the bike, so I'm literally eating to maintain like, uh, so, and I only use whole fruit, literally no power bars, no nothing. I have like those little go-go squeezes. I'm like a toddler, the way that I eat when I ride a bike. <laughs> I have like five bananas in my pockets and a bunch of these go-go uh, squeezes and electrolyte pills in order to get some, some salt uh, in, into me in order to absorb water. But no Gatorade, no nothing, good. no, none of that. And when I noticed that I did that, I be, it was like a different world. And I was thinking clearer. It was like I was writing a book in my head. I could, and right. of course, you're also sitting on a bike for five, six, seven hours. Like you get a lot yeah. of time to kind of get introspective. And so what right. I said was, can I achieve that kind of introspection in shorter intervals and more immediately without like tapping down to, to zero calories? And maybe this is like the mindfulness thing or, or transcend right. transcendental meditation, which I don't do. And I've been told I should do. Yeah. I'm the weirdest person. Mm. I get stressed out trying to meditate yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> because I, 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 the moment that I slow down, 
my mind starts to race, but in a really good way. Yeah. But, so that's what it was. So I, I did get clarity and I did enjoy the benefits of that. And, and I feel it if I have, if I go a little wild and I eat, you know, more desserts than normal and, and look, I'm not a saint. Right. I, I eat still, you know, right. co- you know, pure sugars. I still eat cookies, but they're gluten-free cookies yeah. and they're dairy-free right. cookies. And But if I do that and I, and I eat three meals a day and I do these things, I start to feel it mentally, physically, mm-hmm. attitudinally, like it, everything starts and I notice it. Uh, so we'll talk in a minute. I, I, I put myself there. Yeah. In a weird way to remind myself how I can get back. That's a different, because I've got the choice. I, I, I have the ability to like kind of, it's kind of like the way that you do muscle training. You push yourself, mm-hmm. but you don't do the same exercise every single day. You take two right. days off and then you push yourself harder. Then you take a day off. Then you do three good days. Then you take a day off. Then you push really hard. And it's this whole idea. So I, I treat my mental focus and my food intake like high intensity training. So I let myself slip for a day. I eat three meals a day plus a few snacks. And then the next day I'm hungry at seven in the morning and then I don't eat until one. Mm. And then I kind of reachieve that clarity and, but it's tough. I I've been able to do it and, and I've been able to become disciplined. So that, that's the thing you, did you have this level of discipline, like you taught, you taught, you played volleyball, you, I think you had some of it in you. Did you, did you find you had to kind of like say, like, how did you get that discipline and motivation to maintain this, this program? Obviously, if you didn't maintain it, you, you literally tipped over in pain. Uh, so it's a different motivation. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, when the, on the other side, and I would have people say that, wow, how do you eat like that? You know, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe you don't eat bread and cheese, basically, right? I go, gluten-free, dairy-free, I cut out bread, cheese, and beer. Those are like the three yeah. main things. People are like, people you're going to starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just in my mind, I don't even think about not having, uh, it's just not an option. Because the option of me having those things in mass quantity, like you said, you got to live a little bit. Do I have gluten-free bread? Absolutely. Um, It's delicious. Great. But um, if I went all in on those types of things, I know what the, I know what the other side looks like. Right. So that's pretty, um, it's pretty good and, and easy reminder, but I think really discipline all starts with, how strong a goal you're driving towards is. And to talk about your first question, like how do you motivate yourself? How do you motivate other people? Really, I think the best motivation is intrinsic and inside of us, right? And I think it comes to a full understanding and being incredibly vivid about what your vision is for the future. There's book Vivid Vivid Vision that uh, next on my list, but uh, really it's like, what's your why? What are you driving towards? Um, back in 2011, my why was I'm driving to be just a normal, healthy, you know, 21 year old and who's active and 
is working and is growing professionally and personally, et cetera. Right. And that was really strong. Why for me? Um, and I think as clear as you can get about what that end goal looks like, uh, then it's just about setting up kind of like small daily disciplines and habits, uh, and kind of like a strong mindset as far as getting there and knowing, just like you said, right. It's no one's perfect. No one's going to have the same exact set of, uh, routines and that they keep every single day. Um, but it's knowing that even if you fall out for a day, two days, or you take a day off that you're going to start, um, the next day and you're going to reset and you're going to get back into a better place. So really, I think discipline is, is huge in life. Um, I think that, um, a lot of that was ingrained in me in my, in my upbringing, um, my, my, uh, parents and my mom's side of the family has uh, different commercial fishing boats. I worked on commercial fishing boats growing up as a kid. There was no, we, we ate, we ate lunch in about 30 seconds. It was as fast as you could. You know, <laughs> so, um, I'm used to hard work and hard, hard labor. I'm used to just having to really put in your all being on time, showing up, making sure you're doing small daily disciplines. I think that's big big piece. And I think just over time, your mindset grows and you build and you become a stronger person. And then as, as different things come in, you, you're able to adapt, just like you said, I think being able to adapt to different situations is incredibly important. I think the the focus of, of small daily disciplines and, and uh, miniature goals uh, are, are very, very good. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of reading that people can do. A lot of folks that kind of talk about these things, mm-hmm. and so like when we talk about the moment, right? No one knows that you're in that you experienced the moment until it's gone by. Like it's like right. days ago, and you're like, oh wow, that was the turnaround. Like yeah. it's you don't yeah. you don't know that that was it until you've gotten through it and you you're you've bounced and you've gotten back up and. Uh, so one of the one of the folks that I read and and I've listened to a lot and and folks probably know here's where we shed half the podcast listeners. So Dr. Jordan Peterson, you know, love him or hate him, uh, read into the the lessons that he's able to share. And one of my favorite things, especially because he's also a fellow Canadian, uh, I get to you know I get to use my Canadian accent, and he just says, you know, make your goddamn bed every day. Like that's just just start by set the bar lower, right. and. It, and that's the, it seems like the silliest thing on earth, but you're like, number one, you know, we, we talk about goal visualization and visualizing your goal, writing it down. Uh, and, and it's been proven out that if you do things, like if you actually write out your goals and, and continue to write those things that you have a statistical better chance of achieving them. And it's been, that's been borne out in, in proof in lots of different actual life studies of people going to entering into their first year of college uh, that if they write their goals and you know what they want to get in year two and year three and year four that they've shown that it, it, it proves out that they will be mapping their day-to-day to those goals even if they don't hit the goal the fact that they set a goal is enough to bring them through to the next small step that will get them there and this idea of like you know, if you, you aim, you don't aim high. That's the worst thing you can do is aim high because you, you'll never get there. Like it's, it's an, uh, you know, the big, hairy, audacious goals, they call them the BHAG. That's great in business. But then from there, you map out small goals 
Right. So people go and they're like, I want to make uh, my first million dollars. Perfect. They write that on the board. All right, kid, now what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 45 days later, they got $22 in the bank and they erase the goal. Right. Versus right. you say, I'm going to put $4 a day into a jar. Right. And, and every day you do that thing. And so, that, like I said, if I could pick anything that, that people, regardless of what they think of any of these motivational, you know, speakers and, and, and authors and such, it's, it's very simply, you know, Dr. Peterson says that nicely. He says, you know, low, lower the damn bar, you know, aim lower. And there's nothing wrong with doing that uh, because what you'll get from that is the lessons that you can in, inject into your own day-to-day -day behaviors. That means that when you do set the larger goal, You'll recognize like too big, too big. What's an actual goal I can achieve that I can, I'm going to feel good. And it's like a silly, it's a dopamine receptor thing. Like this is, we are physiologically built to achieve small tasks and feel dopamine positive responses as a result. That's why we make to-do lists because we're like, Ooh, you know, check off the thing. And like, yeah. you, you ever do that? You go, like you get something done and you look on your to-do list and it's not there and you write it down and then you check the box. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I feel good. Like uh, I feel bad when it's not on my to-do list. Cause you're like, this was an unmarked task, but you want to get that good feeling. So right. we have right. to kind of be able to train ourselves to do it and not then get overwhelmed. So here's the fun part. You talked about overwhelm yeah. and, uh, you know, or, or whelm, I, which I don't know if whelm is a word, but we get under, <laughs> we get under and over it all the time. Yeah, I know. What the heck? Uh, you, I'm going to guess you hit the wall on a regular basis. I, I know it from my own behaviors. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you reset? And, and when do you, do you do that? Right. Do you, do you hit the moment where you're like, okay, doing too much. And what's your reset button? Yeah, gosh, this is incredibly timely. Good question. Um, I do have a personality where I say yes to a lot of things and I take a lot on um, both uh, at work uh, personally uh, and I try to uh, do, I, I don't know. I feel like oftentimes I take on more than I can chew. Right. And I think the big thing that I'm seeing, so Warren Buffett has a saying, he says something like, make a list of 15 things you want to do in life. Okay, great. Now cut out the bottom 10 and do the, and do the top five. Um, meaning there's only so much time in the day, right? And really life, what you actually get done and the progress you make towards important goals of yours is all about rapid and rigorous prioritization. So the way that I, when I do feel, um, whelm or overwhelmed is uh, I do make that prioritization happen, right? And I tried to think, okay, what are the top three things or even there's the, one of the next books in my queue is the one thing, um, started reading that uh, a little while ago, but um, is just thinking about like, what is that one thing that's gonna make the biggest impact in, in your uh, personal or in your work life? Um, which is probably going to negate the need to do other things, by the way. Um, and so just really rapid and rigorous prioritization and just really thinking about um, what one other strategy that I have. It, um, 
So just to actually to tie it off, so rapid and rigorous prioritization, think about what is that one thing, what are those three things max that um, are really gonna move the needle forward towards, towards important goals. And then the other thing that I think about is um, oftentimes where I think a lot of procrastination comes into play or stress or uh, these other things that people deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is when there's an upcoming problem or there's an ongoing problem um, where uh, you, you, that's where your mind goes, right? If you have a really important meeting at Friday at two o'clock and you don't feel like you're prepared and you got to deliver a presentation, whatever, whatever that is that's causing stress, I like to, uh, I do something where I feel like in my mind, I turn all of my attention right towards that problem. And then just like you said, I kind of, uh, even if it's on like a piece of paper, I'll just put that problem at the top. And then I'll basically just make a, a checklist of steps that I need to take in that order in order to address that problem. And at the end of the day, no matter how big or how small your goal is, or or whatever the problem is, all it is, everything can be broken down into a series of small steps. I think where a lot of stress comes into play is when there's a lack of focus, right? Like just your example's great. Yeah, I wanna become a multimillionaire. Um, I wanna become a multimillionaire. Okay, that seems really overwhelming. Um, but if I were to break that down into a smaller subset of goals, maybe different streams of income, and then I broke those streams of income down into actionable steps that I could build, that I could complete in order to build those streams of income. Then all of a sudden I'm getting towards my major goal, um, but I'm just completing those small daily steps and disciplines in order to get there. So that, those are some of the things that I do um, and they've all, they've all been uh, immensely helpful. Yeah, I've got a, I, I've got a, a gif that I, I share it with people or like, or just a, a, an image. And it's like, it's like a wolf uh, chewing and it says, bit off more than you can chew, chew harder. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I, I kind of use it as like my joking motivation. And a, a lot of people, especially in the tech industry recently, there's been a, a lot of kind of uh, heightened awareness of what we call IT burnout. And I, I it's kind of sad that we call it that because what I find is, it's, it's kind of like when we look at like, ooh, you know, Twitter's lighting up about a thing. We realize Twitter's like 1% of 1%. Like, like Twitter is a very unique ecosystem. So when people have this like trending thing in Twitter, you're like you're actually not representing the mass market. You're representing people that you're on the same bloody thing with. So we kind of get super focused and overly aware of certain things. And so IT burnout is one of these topics. And and it's a, it's a tough conversation sometimes because I've, I remember as a kid, you know, like meeting people who like, I always, I was always interested in people that could be super motivated and could get things done and could build a business, lead a team. Like it always fascinated me what the personalities were and how they did it and what did they do? What are the tasks they did? Because I said, could I systemize what they do? You know, Anthony Robbins says this, where he says, if I want to lose 50 pounds, don't go find somebody that's athletic, find somebody that was fat and then lost a boat ton of weight and then, <laughs> and then figure out what that kid did. You know, that's, right. the, that's the one you want. You don't want a personal trainer that's, that's 40 pounds heavier than they should be. You want one that was 40 pounds heavier, 
and now is like 9% body fat that you want someone who's experienced that thing. And then we, so I would find these people and there's this sort of boasting requirement of, of highly motivated people to say like, Hey, you know, your, your, ex, your excuses sound, your reasons sound a lot like excuses to me. Right. And I used to always joke about that. So you tell me, here's a reason why I can't get this done. It sounds like you've got an excuse why I can't get done. And I did it sort of tongue in cheek because I was doing it to myself. I was saying, am I creating an excuse that I map and, and mask as a reason so that really, if I, like you said, break this task down into subtasks, break it down into achievable, you know, moderate goals, then if I can achieve these things and then I can systemize how I do that, then I can train this pattern of my brain and my behavior to be able to do that thing. So the next time I hit the wall, which, oh boy, like I do it all the time. I'm, I'm, I fall victim the same way that, that you talked about. I say yes to a lot of things. Uh, and what I've learned is that in coaching people through that burnout, I try and remind them that they are super motivated and they're in the 1% of motivated people. And so, you know, lower the damn bar. You know, there's, there's that, that sort of Peterson-esque thing that comes out again, like, stop it. Like, erase your to-do list. I call it to-do list bankruptcy. Just like, shake it out and then put three things back on there. And then you know what you do with those three things? You take two of them off again. And there's this great, I forget, somebody wrote, I forget who wrote the tweet. I, I wish I could, I could attribute it, but it said, every day, start your day by writing down the, the five things that you want to achieve that day. And then focus on the top three and then put a star beside one. That's the most important thing. That's the thing you won't get done today nor the other four like you're that that's how life goes like you're like all right i'm gonna set my priorities today and like we work in a in a fast-paced environment and you know life comes at you fast all of a sudden the thing that you're doing at 10 a.m wasn't on that list and then you've got to kind of reprioritize on the fly um so now here's the thing you're you've taught yourself this Hmm. where have you been able to bring that story and, and help to incent other people in order to achieve their small daily goals? Have you been able to do that? And is that kind of a thing you focus on? You know, that's another timely question about that. I, um, it it, only in kind of like one-to-one interactions and that's largely the people uh in my circle of friends family and acquaintances as well as um at work right and and to kind of mentor um different folks but i'm i'm very interested in that and i actually i was really excited to get uh invited to your podcast because actually i think podcasting is a fantastic medium and something that i might be interested to do and to share um these different and I know I'm not the only person that has a story like mine, um, whether it be personal, professional, health related, or what have you, kind of like hitting rock bottom and really thinking, okay, what do I got to do in order to take positive steps forward? I think a lot of different people can learn a lot of things from what others have gone through. Uh, you don't always have to 
um, go out and experience and do, I don't want to, I would rather, um, you know, someone not hit health rock bottom like I did. Right. So if, if I could share and I could help others to avoid burnout and to do these other things that, that, uh, I've certainly been through, um, I'd be really excited about it. So it, it's something that I'm very interested in. i really right now I'm, I'm more so, um, just helping those, those that are close to me, but it's something that, uh, who knows, maybe it's, it's something you'll see later this year. Nice. And the, the trick I, I always want to do, and you're, you've talked about it in, in our discussion here, is it's, everybody has it inside them. And, and my hope in the things that I do, I, I run mentoring programs and I'm actually building a kind of very systemized approach to it. And, and I'm about to invite more people into this program. Uh, so, hey, spoiler alert, you're, you're going to be joining that team, you know, because I, I want to be able to use the way that you you can do this for other folks and help to really create a programmatic way in which we can connect you with people and be able to manage and map out the progress that they make through that program and then be able to say, you know, based on that, how do we make it more successful for future mentoring engagements and such? So I, I've got this is platform called Rapid Matter that, uh, that I'm building. Uh, and that's where really the focus is. It starts with mentoring. It starts with those things. Uh, and really that's the idea is that we can take this thing that we're doing. We can, you know, open it up to more people because my goal is how can I have a positive effect on some person in some way every single day. Mm. And it's not that I'm like magic man. Like I, it's, I'm not giving them something. I'm showing them what they already have. Mm-hmm. And unlocking that potential in somebody, just like giving them the visibility to their own capabilities and giving them the ability to understand when it's occurring, like the moment. We don't know it's the moment until it's gone and it's right. passed. And if we're lucky, we recognize it and then we begin to use that as our baseline. But most people have the moment and then. God help us, right? The moment is you, you feel this sharp shooting pain. You, you're grabbing your arm. You're losing your breath. And right. you're heading to the hospital. Like, I, I'm tired of hearing those stories. And I know there's ways that we can help people. And not just physical, but like, don't hit the IT burnout wall. Don't hit the, I'm going to have, uh, you know, my, my lower intestine bisected and removed. Like right. there's, there are opportunities for people to find a better path and at least just to know that it's there so that when that moment comes and goes and then they remember when it happened, that it becomes something that they can share with others. And, and ultimately that's where we all win. My favorite uh, question I like to ask people as part of this, this mentor, I've got like a kind of a questionnaire sure. that, I, that I lay in front yeah. of people. And it's, I, I actually, I think this is probably, it's probably stolen from somebody else. But the question is, what's the worst thing that's happened to you that you're thankful for? Mm-hmm. What a fantastic question. And it makes you sort of, because the first thing you think is like, oh man, that sucks. That sucks. That, oh, but if that hadn't happened, like I wouldn't be where I am today. Or I wouldn't have met my wife. 
I wouldn't have, you know, you, you, if you hadn't, if your, if your mother hadn't said, okay, stop it. Let's, let's really slow down for a second and think about what we're about to do here. You know, that's a medical decision that you had to make and a life decision you had to make where you're like, I'm going to stretch this out. I, I feel like I'm going to die, but I'm going to, I got to make this decision despite that feeling. And as a result of you doing that, you're now on the other side of it. And now you can share that story. That's pretty profound that people can see that. And, and hopefully by sharing these things, I think we can, you know, open the doors up for other people to, to find that moment for themselves. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, uh, so much good in what you had just said. I think it's, uh, really you get to this point where it's tough to say whether or not different events are actually good or bad in your life, right? Um, I, I just told you my whole story about hitting rock, health rock bottom, and obviously it wasn't an enjoyable experience, but I think it's uh, set me up to have a much clearer mindset, much clearer perspective on life, and really just be full of gratitude every single day. I mean, um, just like you said, make your make your bed in the morning. I think one of the great things to do is make your bed and then think about 15 things, even say them out loud that, that you're grateful for, right? What a great way to start the day. Um, and just those different small daily disciplines. So I'm, I'm excited, looking forward to bringing that to the mentor uh, group and getting that thing going. That, that's really exciting stuff. It's awesome to hear. We're definitely, these are, uh, this is a great story. Thank you very much, Jake, for sharing. You know, it's a, it's a tough personal story and I know it's, it's hard. Uh, sometimes people don't, they really kind of hold those things inside, which is even worse, right? Is that if they, if they don't know that they can share that with their peers and, and especially like medical health and, and stuff like that, it can be, it's an embarrassing thing sometimes. you like, right especially like Crohn's, IBS and stuff like that, chronic back pain, chronic kidney pain, like things that the, you, you, people say like, well, I can't go out. I guess I'm, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it through four hours uh, without right. being in the comfort of my own home where I know I can, you know, have access to medication or my bathroom. Like it's, those are really, really tough conversations. You being able to share your story and be on the right side of uh, a positive change you made in your life is is amazing. So thank you very much for doing that with us today. Gosh, thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. And uh, really my pleasure, Eric. Thank you so much for the time. So what we're going to do is I'm going to remind folks, of course, you can you can catch up with more good stuff. We've got a lot of neat shows that are coming up. So go to discopossepodcast.com. You can hear more great stuff like Jake's story and, and other folks. Uh, we're going to talk about tech. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about all sorts of things. Uh, we've got some other neat neat uh, conversations that are coming up. So Jake, where do we find you? Uh, do you have, do you have Twitter? Do you have other what where do we where do we get you right now? I will share out when you you kind of get your I, I envision there's a blog coming, a website coming, something. Uh, so w the moment you light that up, I will make sure to share it with our folks here. We'll, we'll bring you back on. Um, but where do we find you today if, we, if folks wanted to, to get a hold of you and, and maybe hear about more about your story and, and share theirs? Absolutely. So I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram pretty um, selectively. So I delete them from my phone, but I'm on there about once a week or so just to check in. Uh, and both are just my name, Jacob at Jacob DeLewis. Um, and, uh, but the best way to reach me is on LinkedIn. Uh, 
Uh, so you can find me, Jacob DeLewis, head of sales productivity, Turbonomic. Or uh, if you wanted to follow up with me personally, uh, really the, the straight way is just my first name, my last name at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to, to chat. And yeah, stay tuned for further details on the podcast. How about that? And you know, this is funny. I totally, uh, so this is the, the Frenchman to me. I mean, Deluis uh, was the way that I, I introduced you. Like, <laughs> is that a habit? And that's a classic Boston thing is that they like, let's take a French name and make it the most non-French sounding name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't correct people. Half of my family says it one way, half the other. So I've, you know, everybody's, everybody's right on that. I'm, I'm all good. De Luis or uh, De Luis either way. I had a, a good friend of mine who, who, who is uh, Robert. Uh, he said, I, Robert DeJarlis. And I was like, I, I had to imagine like how, how he would spell that. And then I actually saw his email. I'm like, it's DeJarlis. This is not like, but he was a straight, this like a classic Boston conversion yeah, of, of French exactly. names. It was, it was beautiful. So, so Jake, thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, we'll, we'll share out the information as people come up. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Perfect. Thank you so much, Eric. Appreciate it. You're listening to today's Cool Posey Podcast.